Yes. So how did you not give up? Oh, I just, I tried to, I, I was, I surrounded myself with things that were these small goals, like which I, I played and I've talked about this a lot with my friends, like the video game Animal Crossing came out and on Animal Crossing is that, you know, you, you play, you know, you just, you are this character, you have a village and you do these simple tasks within your village and you think you move up and you get furniture options and this and that. And so each day I'd have to wake up and it's like, okay, I got to make sure, especially in the beginning, like I got to water my plants. I have to dig up some flowers. And my niece, uh, who's six now, is she was deeply into Animal Crossing too. So we would be playing with each other when we could. And, you know, we'd FaceTime and then we're playing and she could come to my island. I can go to her island. And I knew like she would, she had these expectations of me. Aunt TT has to like, do certain things like I got to get to a certain level so I can get this. So my job became to like play this game while she was at school so she could get it in there or like or whenever she had online classes. So next time we played, I would have this particular dress for her or this particular piece of furniture. So those became like my little goals that definitely helped. So your human connection was very important. Oh, absolutely. It was like without, I, I don't, I, I, I say, I think I've said it a million times. It's like, if I did not have the support of my family and friends, like I had, I don't think I would have made it through. Cause I think I would have just been like, well, there's a Zen concept called uh, the illusion of separateness. And that's what most people have the illusion that we're all separate. And that's, that's incorrect. So there's a Pollyannish statement in, out there that says God doesn't close one door without opening another. <laughs> yes. Um, however, in the twelve-step world, Katie, we say that's true. However, it can be hell in the hallway. So the whole idea about uh, your recovery journey is how you dealt with the hallway. I like that because it's you do you hear a lot of that like you know you're not given more than you can handle and like all these phrases like oh they and it's like oh no what everything happens for a reason you're like I do not know what reason this was. Well, one of the when they teach you in therapy school about one of the most disrespectful things or hurtful things you can say to somebody is everything's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. It's going to be all right. We can't tell people like that, Katie, because we don't know it's going to be okay. It's true. It's and it's hard because um, people want to say something. They want to say something, and whether or not that saying something makes you feel better or it might come from them making themselves feel better yes. by saying something. And, and you can definitely, there's, there's definitely the feeling you get when somebody's trying to say something, you know, I'm saying this to make myself feel better. Like the person, you know, I'm saying nice things to them. So that makes me a nice person. So when people would come to you and I'm sure many of them said this, uh, let me know if you need anything. Uh, you probably heard that thousands and thousands of times. So, however, uh, keeping in mind, what would you have wanted from people? What would you throw out there for people who are having these type of traumatic experiences and in recovery faced with tragic news? What what helped you the most? Maybe I not fur coats or diamond rings. <laughs> Ooh, that'd be nice. Um, when whenever anybody would be like, well, you know, what can I do to help you? It's so hard to answer that question because there might be something tangible at that point where I'm like, you know what? Can you go pick up this or go do this for me? But most times you're like, I don't know. Thanks. Like it's, you definitely appreciate it, but there's, you don't feel comfortable asking for things because it feels weird to ask for things. But for me, the things that really like 
made my day were surprised. Like I get, I'd get surprise packages and they weren't even anything like super, you know, we're not talking like fancy schmancy things. I mean like fun things that like I could do in the house or a hat that my friend's mom crocheted and, uh, or just like gift cards. Gift cards are huge. People, I don't know why people are not really keen on giving gift cards, but they're amazing. Like Starbucks, fantastic. <laughs> I can just go get coffee that you might not spend money on. You know, the things that you're like, okay, I'm going to have this me- this much money in bills. I can't afford to go to Starbucks or I can't afford a book from Barnes and Noble because I should be responsible and spend the money over here on bills. Uh-huh. So like the, those gift cards give you permission to like spoil yourself a little bit. <laughs> After the initial shock of the news uh, kind of fades away and people do have quick forgetters, Katie. Uh, I often suggest to people that if they ask, if somebody says, what can I do for you? Ask them to send you a card every two weeks or to do a kindness for another or to call me in three weeks and ask me the same question. Uh, those type of things, because people have quick forgetters and they generally move on, uh, to the next crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I'm certain for the people that were closest to you, that was a daily occurrence for them. So ask about you. Oh yeah, there were definitely, I mean, like there were meals were dropped off, uh, gift cards for food were given. Cause at that point we were doing a lot of takeout because it was just easier because you're just exhausted from everything going on. And it was, but it was it definitely, I, I got a lot of wonderful, I have a box that I, I hold on to and that I, I keep things in because I, I don't want to forget things. I don't want to lose things in all of this and like forget how wonderful people were to me. Well, we often talk about on the show, you can go to Paris, you can go to Cancun, you can go to Homestead, you can go uh, to Highland Park. But what we carry with us through our lives, Katie, is memories. Mm-hmm. Well, so what are some of the memories that you're carrying with you in the Katie box? <laughs> with that particular uh, journey in my life? Yes, or? <laughs> yes. Uh, I think some of my favorite memories were um, I got a card from all of my coworkers that I work with from the, the raffle at the penguins, um, where they, all their names were in it. And the card was super, very, very thoughtful and they pulled together and they paid a month of my bills and like just the stress of like not having to worry about that. The pens did. Yeah. The, my pet, my pens coworkers uh-huh. and the, my raffle, um, the folks that go out and do the 50, 50 raffle with me. And I was like, Oh geez. Like you don't like, that was a huge relief. Um, for me and I think like things oh gosh like I, I got a lot of cute little trinkets that I still keep around because I look at them and they're like my friend cared enough about me to take the time to do this or thinking about cards that I got a lot of and and family members that I haven't heard from in a bit and, and becoming closer with them um, with them reaching out to me and I, I think that I, I think the way that like I got close to a lot of folks in my life that that was an unexpected and really nice thing. <laughs> so some of my memories of that from our first one was uh, the video showing you walking into the Penguins <laughs> locker room yeah, um, being presented and that the uh, nice uh, video tribute from Sidney Crosby. Yes, that was that was definitely there were so many like there were things I didn't realize I had a bucket list until things that were checked off for me. Um, like having my name on the back of a hockey jersey, uh, I should have brought my wrestling belt with you. I'm the cancer kick ass, can- kicking cancer ass champion, and like 
that is one of the coolest things that, that will ever happen to me in my life. Like you're gonna have a hard time topping that, um, having a belt and, and like the, and then it was fun for me to take this belt to show friends and within, especially within my cancer group. And I'm like, look at this. And they're like, that's so cool. And I'm like, yeah, we did this, you know? And this is <laughs> so we do carry those, we do carry those memories with us. And so could you, could we fast forward to today and let's hear about Katie today. Ooh, who is Katie today? I am, I am not the same person, which is really, really wild and wild to think about that. Um, and you don't realize how many times within your life that you are become a new person until you go through something like that. And you're like, Oh, okay. I am like, there's, there's not a single part of me that I feel like there are very few parts of me that are still the same. Like I am still a silly human. And that's something um, like that I held to and really leaned into after this process. Cause it's something that's one of my favorite parts of my personality is how ridiculous I am. And <laughs> like folks have asked me, you know, they'll see me in my ridiculous leggings. They're like, do you go out in these? I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> like these socks and legging combinations, I wear them in public. I don't care. I think they're fun. And most time people, they're, you'd be surprised how often people will be like, Oh, those are so cool. I like those or those made me smile. And well, if you sparkle on the outside, you can't help but sparkle on the inside, Katie. Yeah. <laughs> and I hope I hope that you surrounded yourself with color and sparkle. So the Buddha was asked once, Katie, uh, what's the most common misconception that people have? And the Buddha answered, the most common misconception people have is that they have an abundance of time. Yeah. It's, it's the, the going through something like this really <laughs> reminds you that you, you don't. Yes. So what we try to help people do is to help people figure out what's important because most things are not. So tell us about some things that you uh, perceive now as important and kind of disconnect from the rest of the nonsense. Definitely uh, family and friends and like be them become a priority. And I can tell you in past versions of me has put work first and missed out on things that I'm like, why did you do that? This place was not worth you doing that for this and missing out on this. So doing things like that, doing something that might have given me pause in the past, like this is this is a little too ridiculous. And I'm like, Meh, I don't care. <laughs> Like I worked the hockey game this past weekend and I had St. Patrick's Day cat socks on uh, and I walked around and just put my foot up and took pictures like around <laughs> like the lower part of the arena of like, this is my foot here. This is my foot here. And my, one of my poor friends was there and, and he was standing there and I just put my foot and took a picture and his face is like, what are you doing? <laughs> but he understood like once I told him, but it's, it's that like just where I may have paused in the past where I'm like, Oh, this is, this is too much. It's like, Nope, not enough. Let's go. Well, Frederick Nietzsche once said, whatever doesn't kill me makes me stronger. Uh, so tell us about that. Tell us about some of the strengths that you developed or bloomed. I, I think it's, I am, it took me a while to really embrace how much I've overcome in these past couple of years. And that's, when I go to do something, I'm like, I'm nervous about this, but like you did this, which is way harder than this. So I think a lot of that, I think a lot of, um, I don't hide things like my, to, from myself. I am very open and just will say what I'm thinking instead of going, Ooh, should I not do this? Like there's, there's, there's this confidence level that specifically, I think I, I even, like I said, with my talking to my therapist, 
has bloomed at, like that's been my big thing like i have this this confidence level of like i can do so much more than i realized i was capable of and it's weird because whenever you're actively going through treatment you are doing whatever you need to do to stay alive and then after it, these these appointments that i go to and these the way i take care of myself is for me like it's no longer like i'm in survivor survival mode I am trying to thrive and that's given me, I think, a lot more confidence too. When did you uh, figure out during this whole experience that you were important, Katie? Oh, geez. Um, I think, so after I went, I think for me, because there's a couple points where like when I went public with it, I didn't realize how many lives I impacted, had impacted over the last how many years until that point and folks from all walks of my life were reaching out to me and it was shocking. Like it was, I would never, ever, ever would have guessed that I had touched so many lives and like, it's, it's, it's magically overwhelming. Like it's, it's the best kind of overwhelming. <laughs> well, that's the best type of gift there is, mm -hmm. is to carry the message to someone else mm -hmm. and to carry a message. You have to have one. And that means that you being in a condition to be able to carry one and to give people hope. I remember when Barack Obama was running for president the first time, his campaign uh, slogan was, keep hope alive. Mm -hmm. So how did Katie keep hope alive? Gosh, uh, <laughs> I leaned on everybody else. Like I, I, I think I did, I, I depended on my, my circles, my, my extended circles, because I, I don't think I could have done this on my own. And to admit that was huge because I've always been like, I got this, I got this, I got this, you know, no big deal. I don't, I don't need help. And now I was hitting a point where, where I was ask, actively asking for help, which was a new experience for me and having higher, these like elevated expectations for myself that were beyond any ability to achieve them. But I was able to go, okay, give myself some grace reach out to other folks and allow them to help me and allow them to be uh, part of my life. And it was like, Oh wow, this is, this is cool. <laughs> well, in the recovery world, we say there's a big difference, Katie, between asking for help and accepting it mm -hmm. and to knock on the doors. And sometimes the doors don't open. So how did you handle that when you knocked on a door and it didn't open when you couldn't get into a place or uh, this particular person or procedure wasn't available oh geez there was so early in the beginning i had in my mind i was going to have a lumpectomy <laughs> and hopefully not have chemo and that was that was like that's what's going to happen and meeting with my surgical oncologist she was like mm, but it's probably going to be like you're going to probably end up with a double mastectomy uh -huh. and chemo and i was like are we sure about that and she's like mm, we're probably gonna and like is you could like looking back on the conversations i definitely was like i'm gonna do this and she was like no probably not yeah. <laughs> and i appreciated it and like but at that point it was like so deflating like poop like i didn't i didn't want to do a bilateral mastectomy that yeah. was not that was not my goal going into this i did not want to get chemo and like how crushing that call, call was uh to get that and be like we're gonna have to do chemo Okay. So how did you get to the other side of that? I had to. It's it's like you just keep moving and you have to keep moving and you have to be like, all right, I guess this is what we're doing now. And it's so weird how like you just like just 
I don't want to be like the word, the, the big buzzword was pivot. And that's like, seems like it's all right. We can't do this. Got to do this. Got it. Cool. Okay. And then this isn't going to work. We got to do this. Okay, cool. And it was a lot of just like, okay, cool. We got this. We have to do this. And so never give up. Nope. <laughs> Actually, Katie, I was listening to uh, Winston Churchill's Never Surrender speech, and I thought of you. Oh, really? Yes, I did, actually. Thank you. Yes, I don't know if you've ever heard it or not. But Parts of it. Quite inspiring. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So now that you're on the other side of this and you've figured out what's important, you've gained your voice and you've gained some more confidence in continuing, as everyone does, progress not perfection so what's in front of katie <laughs> i like how you said progress not perfection because like my mantra has become it's better not best but it's better because that's i, I wanted things to be perfect or best and it's not a reasonable expectation well if you reach the best what's beyond that then mm -hmm. so we always we always want to keep striving so for people out there who are feeling particularly low, feeling that the doors have closed and these negative thoughts and the negativity and what I call the darkness is consuming them, how could you possibly offer a glimmer of hope? I think the way to offer, at least for me, was if, if you have a circle, lean on them. Don't be afraid to lean on them. They are there for you. They're, that's why they're in your life. And you will make friends um, in with play, people you've never expected. And I think, and if you don't have that circle to lean on, they're out there. There, I think that's that's key. Is like they're out there, and it may you may not feel close with your family, or maybe you're realizing you're not close with certain friends. There are people you have people out there who care about you, and look to them and and lean on them. And it's I, I don't want to be like I would never say like tomorrow will be better. Tomorrow's another day. It's it's could be better, could be worse, but it's always it's always another chance to do something. And I think that's always kind of just keep going. <laughs> just keep going. Yeah. Okay. As long as we put one foot in front of the other. Mm -hmm. And my best friend in the twelve step world who passed away a few years ago always told me, Jim, if it doesn't affect your breathing, it's not that important. So good. Yes. So that's kind of a perspective we kind of help people take on life. How important is this? I mean, do I, I need a new phone. How important is it that I get one? Mm -hmm. <laughs> How important is it? Well, you're important, Katie, and you're certainly an inspiration to us all. Uh, and uh, I'm sure that if anybody would like any questions or comments concerning this program, maybe they'd like to contact Katie, you can certainly do that through the show. And Mike, our friend Mike, will certainly tell you how to do this. And uh, you're always welcome here. Please do not be a stranger. Uh, we want to continue with the, the progress of uh, Katie throughout our life. And as always, at the end of every podcast, we offer a free prescription. Fruits, nuts, and vegetables. And unplug your television and take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we suggest that you fish without bait. Do a kindness for yourself and do a kindness for another. Forgive yourself and forgive another till all are free, none are free. Honestly. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of Fishing Without Bait, 
Click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.